0: Hi there, my name is Josh and welcome to my podcast. I believe that anything worth doing is worth doing God's way. And at this podcast, we're going to learn how simply and practically we can apply God's ways to our everyday life. Welcome back to the Better Way podcast. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. This is episode 60, 60 episodes down the line and God has been so good. And I'm so grateful as always for you being here. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being with me. Today, I'm joined by a friend of mine. Um, let me say friend I mean Even if I know Arsenal squeezy <laughs> is this squeezy? if I know Arsenal and where Arsenal are today the episode did okay we hope that things would have changed but anyway um, he's a good friend of mine We've known each other for quite a while um, he's humble most of the time except in Arsenal <laughs> situations <laughs> and he's been on the podcast before you've heard his story um, if you've never heard his story the episode title is Grown Up in Church Still Unconvinced one of the most relatable episodes that according to you according to what I've heard over and over again. So if you've never heard it, go back and listen to it. But for today, we're doing it a bit differently. Again, we're going to be having a conversation rather than a story. Um, this being our 60th episode, I'm going to be planning that every 10th episode, I'll bring somebody here We have a conversation on one topic or another, maybe answer a few questions. But for today, we're going to be having a conversation revolving around church culture. And it's basically because of something that um, I saw online. But before I go into that, Teddy Kwanji. I'm Everything. Salama. I'm Everything well. God yeah, uh, ah, to That's good. I'm so very happy to people may wonder why I brought you back. Mm-hmm. So one thing about Teddy here is that he's a very, very and I keep telling him this very, very deep guy oh, wow. as far as the scriptures are concerned. So mm-hmm. uh by profession, he's a lawyer. And that and by nature, lawyers read a lot, mm-hmm. isn't it? Am I lying? Mm-hmm. You're yeah, not lying. Actually, they read yeah. a lot. And so mm-hmm. one thing that I've come to discover from him, and especially through like his blog, and just even if you just talk to him, we have talked to him for like three minutes, five minutes, uh, he'll bring up a theological perspective. <laughs> Everything will have some theological perspective. He'll dig deep, oh. Even if you listen to that episode for his episode on uh, Grown Up in Church, Still convinced you'll we'll see those hints of church history and historical, mm. all those backgrounds. And I truly do value that um, about him because Bible mm. I'll read my Bible. Maybe I'll have an extra version and a study guide to mm. kama Him, he'll have a study guide. He'll have like three versions, Natasuma wow. KJV, <laughs> 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 so that's him. That's that's, that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, yeah. t- so that's 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 steady for you. And so, uh, thanks for coming on board yeah, to have this to conversation. Be, yeah. So, yeah. um, something happened the other day that I came across and mm-hmm. I want us to talk about it. Okay, I was online on Twitter mm-hmm. and I saw uh, Larry Mado mm-hmm. who tweeted something. So recently the Nigerian elections just just happened to mm-hmm. pass. Yeah. And as he was going for those that I think he was going to cover it. And mm-hmm. as he was on the plane, he mentioned about how there was a pastor, mm-hmm. it was a Nigerian pastor who so happened to be on the plane. Mm-hmm. I say it's a Nigerian pastor based off of what he said. He said that many people <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> stopped that mm-hmm. many people were coming up to him saying mm-hmm. yeah. greetings, Daddy. How are you, Daddy? Mm-hmm. How are you fine? Mm-hmm. And he tweeted and said, "It must be nice to have so many children." <laughs> 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 oh, and so, I, I found it, I found it funny and mm-hmm. humorous, but at the same time, mm-hmm. how people view um, the different cultures in the church today. Is interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, sometimes you know church, churches are very diverse, very very diverse, and you and I happen to go to the same church, mm-hmm. the different branches. Mm. Um, also has ties to Nigeria and the like, so it has that very very strong culture mm. as well, mm. and so we understand that strong culture mm. and. But how other people perceive the culture might be different. Yeah. So I don't know what you think about. Let's first react to that tweet. What do you think about it?
1: <laughs> I actually saw the tweet as well. Ah, I okay. think it was pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I could resonate with it. But I think we cannot take away from the church as a family. And that's how the early church grew. Yeah. So that may look different for different people. Mm-hmm. So there's actually I don't think I don't see a reason. I don't see anything wrong with it per se. And I can see how foreign it may look from somebody who's not used to that culture mm-hmm. and to, to that environment. Yeah. But for me, the term "daddy" uh, connotes proximity, like I see you as a spiritual leader and I honor that position that mm-hmm. you have regarding my life. Mm-hmm. But I've been in conversations where people have questioned why mm-hmm. um, you have to give such a, a loose term, in quotes, uh-huh. to somebody who's supposed to have this position that is so vital uh-huh. and that is so honorable and that needs uh, a reverence of sorts. Uh-huh. So that it sort of demands the the posture of this particular person. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I see both sides of the coin. I see why people may find it offensive uh-huh. and may find it uh, weird. Uh-huh. But I also see how people can use that name Mm-hmm. to show respect and, mm-hmm. and reverence in their own peculiar way mm-hmm. and just show that um, they they perceive this person as a spiritual leader over their lives mm-hmm. and um, they resonate with that person in that way.
0: Okay. So yeah. let's talk about this. If mm-hmm. somebody... Let's, let's do
1: two perspectives.
0: Mm-hmm. So somebody who's not a Christian, doesn't go to church, mm-hmm. sees that. I've actually seen that before. I remember there's a time um, there's a uh, a former client of mine, Kitambo, I remember mm-hmm. posting on Facebook talking mm-hmm. about a very, very similar thing, saying that there's a church, he does understand why this church keeps calling there what's he called? Their the pastor. Their pastor mm. The pastor's wife, mom. Mm. Every time they find to them as mom, mom, mom. <laughs> as like, and for him, you're saying that mom is such a precious and such a secret term mm. for him, you mm. see, mm. because this is, I have one mother, mm. you see, according to him. And for him to give that to somebody else who I'm not related to and the likes, it just doesn't make sense. So let's talk about now, we'll talk about this from a person outside, person in the world, and a person who's not within the church who may be comfortable with that. Mm. Let's start with the person outside the <laughs> church. Yeah. How do you have a conversation with somebody about he comes to you? You've invited someone to your church, they see something and they're wondering, My it, dad. It triggers eh, them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Um, I've actually been in a similar situation, even with a person who's in church. And fortunately, this person had lost their mom. Okay. So, and then we get into this setup, and then everybody's referring to the pastor's wife as mommy. So uh-huh. she's like, Why would I call her that? Yet uh-huh. I know who my mom was. Uh-huh. And then I know what she has done for me. So I'm calling a stranger. basically calling a stranger who I don't know. Uh-huh. And I'm giving this big term that I have this emotional connection to. The idea is if it's uncomfortable, then don't force it down their throat. Mm. And, and that's what scriptures say, as far as I'm concerned. That my Christianity should not come in the way of you experiencing God. Uh-huh. So I've brought in this particular person to church. It's their first time. They've never been to a church before. And then it triggers them. Yeah because they may not have proximity to this particular people or they may not have this particular understanding on why they're being called that. Uh-huh. It's to validate their uh-huh. concerns yeah. and to actually see where they're coming from. Yeah. And this term that they have has a particular meaning that is particular to them and yeah. don't take that away from them. Yeah. I think many a times we have this temptation to go on this fighting offensive, like you want to be combative and, and to convince these people that no you have to reverence your pastor it's a term to show honor their spiritual covering its spiritual sonship which is a valid claim but at that particular moment give room and hold space for growth and validate it and and show do not but on the other hand be very careful not to derogate the position of your spiritual leader now that may look like um, honoring the concerns of this particular person by telling them just getting them to this point where they might sort of ignore this thing and focus on the main thing which is the word of god jesus christ community fellowship and eventually maybe they may grow enough to be spiritually mature to the point of seeing why they need to not need to but why that term does not necessarily need to be offensive to them mm. so just hold space as much as possible people learn more when they're not fought more. So just give room for people to learn and to grow and um, just go with them through that journey with anything spiritual yeah. for, for that matter. Yeah. And one thing I particularly reference a lot with some of these topics is Romans 14. And I think we'd had a conversation with you at some point regarding it. And Paul said, um, and and him at this point, he was addressing people who were giving sacrifices um, and eating the food sacrificed to foreign gods, which is a huge travesty to the hebrew god and um he kept on telling guys like look let not your faith or lack of it come in the way of somebody experiencing christ so for someone who does not have understanding allow them to eat that food offered to other gods but for you who has understanding do not get offended when um, you see them doing this thing because ultimately what um, unites us is Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. what he taught and what He and, and how we live our lives and how we give love and all these things. Fantastic. So I think that's where my mind would be with regarding oh. that.
0: Exactly. look at that scripture in depth, it's actually on my notes. Mm-hmm. So another thing is, so now for someone, I like what you've mentioned, the fact that people learn more when they're not fought. Mm. I think that that's an important Thing to mention because mm-hmm. by default we tend to now come to the context of inter in, into the interchurch mm-hmm. uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. We find that we, we spend a lot of time fighting and debating mm. amongst ourselves. You mm. understand, mm. amongst small things like mm. those ones. Mm. Another example that I have: mm. um, there's a time I invited somebody to church. Yeah, um, she was going to another church, and when she came to our church. Mm-hmm she saw how we reverence the the man of god in mm-hmm. the sense that they have a different sitting place they have mm-hmm. different kinds of chairs mm-hmm. and the likes and did not understand she, she just it's it really bothered her as to why that was the case yeah. but for somebody else they may be bothered and it may it may seem like hey this is the that's the the right to do it is that come out, we are a chair, kilomtona ka, kilomtona ka plastic chair, kill plastic chair. And I'm sure someone listening to this may be like, yeah, that, that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. But for another person, mm-hmm. the church context, they're like, no, I should honor the man of God. Yeah. And this is my way mm-hmm. as a church. This is our way as a church to honor mm-hmm. the man of God by ensuring that it is clearly seen that this is the man of God. Yeah. Where he sits is different. What he sits on is different. Yeah. And that's their way of honoring. Mm-hmm. I once heard of another, uh, another church where um, the bishop in that church and somebody that, um, not say I know him personally, but mm-hmm. I know someone who knows him personally. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that, I cannot stop my congr- my congregants from honoring me they they desire to. Yeah. If they desire to honor me in one capacity or another, I will not stop them. Because in their hearts, that is, they desire to honor me. And mm-hmm. that's how they desire to honor me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you see, and something since we're here, mm-hmm. Since we are on, on that topic, you mentioned Romans fourteen. So yep. let me read um, for context. Let me read it in uh, the message translation because okay. I really like how it puts it. Then verse two it says that, for instance, a person who has been around for a while mm-hmm. may be well convinced that he can eat anything on the table, mm-hmm. while another with a different background mm-hmm. but assume all Christians should be vegetarians and eat accordingly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Verse three says, but. Since both are guests at Christ's table, mm. would it be terribly rude if they fell to criticizing what, ana, what the other ate or mm. didn't eat? Mm. God, after all, invited them both yeah. to the table. Yeah. Wow. I like how that puts it. Yeah. Because it says, at the end of the day, we have, we're on Christ's table. Mm. Somebody's a
1: vegetarian,
0: mm. Mm. But wewe unana, wewe nyama, mm. una, wewe nyama, nikuna shida. Nikuna shida. Yeah. Yeah. Unclean, yeah. Why are you doing those things? Yeah. You see, and and for them, that is their conviction. Natural, but something yeah. that Paul continues to state, um, continue to state, to convey. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, verse 6, That Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor Him. Yeah. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord. Mm. Since they give thanks to God before eating, and those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. Mm. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Mm. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble, mm. which is something mm. that you that you, that you mentioned. Mm. Well, and another place um, in the same chapter says that whatever you are doing whatever yeah. you're convinced of as far as um that that your conviction is let it be a Spirit. strong conviction. Yeah. So let it be a strong conviction. Yeah. If it's something that you're shaky about or channel but it's something that you're sure about, for example how you honor your man of mm-hmm. God, let it be in such a manner that it's not it's not a wavering thing. Mm-hmm. Let it be strong. Because at the end of the day, you're doing it to honor God mm-hmm. by honoring him. If that is, if that is the
1: it, it does make sense a lot. And what I usually say is as Christians we have more that unites us mm-hmm. than um um, uh, separates us. Yeah. Um, so in such a situation, I usually say major on the majors. Yeah. Um, just look at what makes us um have this connection. Because if you go into dogma and all these rules we have in denominations and churches and particular places of worship within the Christian faith, yeah. um, it's very easy to have a sectarian, <laughs> to have this uh boundaries that we place on ourselves. Yeah. And um, those, those walls that we place actually do more to harm the church mm-hmm. than to help it. So in, in such situations, I usually say, just let, let's focus on what brought us here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've put it quite rightly that the Holy uh, policy is let the Holy Spirit give you the conviction of, of what is right and what is wrong. And I usually say whenever there's any form of doubt with anything scriptural or mm-hmm. anything spiritual that you're engaging in, take time out and ask God because mm. we we tend to forget that God is a real God. Mm-hmm. He hears us, he sees us, he can see us right now as you're talking. So, and he wants to actually guide us through this journey that we're undertaking. Yeah. So, for instance, in all these problematic issues, these things that will never have a clear-cut compromise with things like tattoos, uh-huh. alcohol, uh-huh. Um, honoring the fathers, gray areas, gray yeah. areas yeah. yeah. So you'll find situations where denominations say, like, you can't do this because scripture prohibits it. Uh-huh. And others are saying, no, it's a dispensation of Christ. Uh-huh. Christ allowed some of these things. Then there's absolutely no way they're actually saying you're going, you're, you're negating what Christ did by making these rules so stringent uh-huh. on, on the people. So the idea is when such conversations are happening regarding any contentious issues within the faith, The idea is to see how can Christ gain out of this? And that's what Paul was trying to say in Romans 14, that ultimately Jesus Christ died for you and me. Mm. That was a heavy price. Mm. It is free, but it was costly. Mm. Do not negate what was done on the cross based on these prejudices that you have so that Mm. I am right and this other person is wrong. And he calls that in in, in his own way, he calls that immaturity. Mm. So scriptural maturity uh, entails you seeing a situation and the foremost thing you're must ask yourself as a christian is how can christ gain out of this situation oh. how can christ gain out of this conversation what can christ gain out of my stewardship and my service and all these other things and mm. i think the more you focus on that the more you're even going to get fulfillment um in your in your spiritual experiences yeah. uh, within within the christian because actually sorry to cut the show because actually the question is mm. if you
0: win that debate what do you gain exactly you've convinced somebody that you shouldn't Go to a church where a pastor sits in a different chair. Yeah, you've convinced him to talk up. So, what exactly have you gained exactly? And and
1: that's why I'm a huge skeptic of this. this There's a new culture of people, um, sort of reviewing pastors and ministers of God. And I get where it's coming from because they're trying to curtail heresy and heretic teachings by um, men of God, yeah, uh, so so to speak. But at the end of the day you might do that, but somebody somewhere is seeing this person as a guide uh-huh. and they've gotten an understanding and a teaching out of them. Uh-huh. So by you um, doing this analysis of their preaching and calling them out, uh-huh. you actually are throwing people you actually throw you, you are throwing people out of their face more than you're bringing them in. Uh-huh. And that is counterproductive. Uh-huh. There are certain battles that are simply that to distract us. Mm-hmm. You gain
0: nothing after fighting that battle. You gain absolutely nothing. Yeah. Those guys going out cost them. You <laughs> see. It actually cost them their lives by mm-hmm. going out there. Mm-hmm. And like you've mentioned, there's some things that will cost somebody. It may cost somebody leaving the church. Mm-hmm. It may cost somebody to be so skeptical. Yeah. They don't know who to trust. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's like that as a guy. Kitty special. Not a Not and gap. You understand? That's the point. The point is that some times what is there to lose is so much more yeah than yeah. what is there to be. And, and
1: I agree and uh getting fixated on this this thing of of me being right and um, I have this perfect theology that people must follow yeah usually does more to harm us than to help us. Exactly. And I think more Christians need to be aware of that. Yeah. I've been I've been in situations where people, even people who have experienced church heart, I think one of the things people tend to do is don't be mature you're here because of jesus christ jesus christ did not uh promise you that uh that you're going to get a good i don't know pastor or a leader or all these things or we're human he's a man of god other than like he is a man before he is a man of god and all these theories that people put out there but usually w- what would christ do and uh-huh. how did he act it out yeah so when people came in with the adulterous woman uh-huh. she Jesus Christ protected them. Mm. And and he was like, guys, keep quiet. You know, if you don't have a sin, then be the first to cast a stone on high. And he Mm. knew, he didn't, people usually say that he had a premonition of the things that that they had done, Mm. but I highly doubt. Mm. Everybody, the Bible says, and is real to the fact that every human being, falls short of the glory of god yeah and he knew that you cannot live up to the standard of god by your human nature mm-hmm. and that's why he came on us mm-hmm. so as he was meditating and he was doing his own things like if if you're clean as you claim to be more than this woman then be the first to cast a stone yeah so she protect he protected her mm-hmm. at that particular instance but once that was done and this is the step like you know i think as a as a practitioner this is the steps that you need to take that the first instance is to protect this person who's in a vulnerable space. Mm. Um, They've experienced hurt. They are on the brink of letting go of Christ and, and foregoing everything that they've learned about this particular God, living church and everything, every other thing is to protect them. And that may take different forms and manifestations. Yeah. It can be visiting them every other Wednesday yeah. and just hugging them and being around them and, yeah. or sharing the scripture in a way that is palatable to them at that particular moment yeah. or honoring their heart and their pain. Yeah. But, and, and this is where, um this is where both spectrums are supposed to meet is you do not need to affirm their sin. And that's what Christ um exemplified. Uh-huh. So when everyone has left, he's protected this particular lady and she has experienced grace quite literally. Christ is like, go and see no more, exactly. right? Why? Yeah. Because sin, you, you must see sin the way Jesus Christ sees sin. It's not, yes, it's offensive to him, but because he loves us so much, he knows what it reproduces in ourselves. Yeah. So correction is actually love made in a different form. So yeah. it, there's no they don't carry different weights the correction carries the same weight of love as the protection did, and i think more christians need to be more focused on that even within the church so that you do not you're not so quick to punish this person but you're not also so quick to affirm Mm. their dysfunction you need to have um sort of a convergence of both and 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 i think that's what makes christianity what it is yeah it's 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 very inclusive it's very Um, open-hearted but once you come in then it shows you for you to experience God's love Yeah, then this is the way you need to go to so
0: let's take it on one more uh, let's uh, discuss one more aspect Mm -hmm. before we wind up Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. there is the the aspect of 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 limits so Mm Every church, as you mentioned, has different ways of doing things. Okay? Mm-hmm. Some things are generally, uh, let me call them, they, they tend to, there are some issues that are very petty. Mm-hmm. They, need, they need not debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you an interesting story. So I've been to a couple of churches before I visited and the likes and so. Like, for example, um, there's, one, there's one occasion, Kitambu, the very first time that I think I went to a different church. Mm. And um, I was very young at the time. Mm. You know, having it as a communion service, mm. um, it was a communion service this uh, particular day. Mm. And so normally, like, for example, in a church, you pray, mm. then you have your communion. You know, mm. And then this distributed. You. Mm. So I'm used to that. So at some point I I was at some point the communion was distributed <laughs> in this particular in, in this particular church mm. and it's like I, I felt like I got distracted because I was like I've not had any anyone pray. Mm. And they said it's communion time and it's communion time, I've not had anyone pray. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but they pass it around. Mm. So n kachuko communion cooler everything. And it's like some let's raise up our cups and our bread and let's pray. Mm. So it's <laughs> a major cool. <laughs> Over it. That's how many teachers come here. So they are uh-huh. holding. Now just it's a short class. Ona shikilia. Ona ifunika. Muta sejuu shakuniya. So now 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 we are kikunja fi Steve. Now we actually That was the one of the first eight setters. Another 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 instance of just just doing things their own way. Um, we were invited by some friends of ours, myself and my wife, to another church this um this particular day, mm. and in the middle of the service, in the middle of the service, out do this lady comes up and I kid you know what she says, what's up, fam? The whole church goes, What's good, fam? Yeah. I was like, what's up, fam? What's good, fam? Mm-hmm. So it's like it was an interactive moment. Mm-hmm. At the point where she said that, my wife. Like, what just happened here? You understand? Mm. It was so different. Mm. Kabisa, completely mm. different. And they're having an interactive session, you go, mm. you talk to somebody. But I noticed that that church is very family oriented. Yeah. It's also much smaller. Yeah. But they really focus on the aspect of community and the yeah. like. So those interactive moments are very, very important mm. to them. Mm. Now, for somebody else, they'd be like, We're coming yeah. here to listen to the word of yeah, God. Ambeziju, yeah. that? Born Born yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. And so for somebody else, they can criticize that. And, and, and do all those things. Mm. But now my question is this, mm. besides those minor things that we can always kind of overlook and are different for different people, mm. are there limits though? Like, is there a place where we can say mm. that this culture, mm. basically, in say culture, the way these things are being run yeah. is completely contradictory in mm. the word of God. Are there certain limits that we should look out for in your view?
1: Yes, um, and I think the word the word of God then gives us parameters. So yeah. we, we are allowed to do, and Paul says uh, it's perfectly legal for me to do every other thing, but it's not beneficial for me to do it. Uh-huh. And I think what the church needs to interrogate is what's the effect that I'm having to the people that I'm supposed to lead. Uh-huh. The situations where I felt churches have been, for lack of a better word, immature, uh-huh. where they've been called out for being almost too liberal in an attempt to reach out to culture out there.
0: Give me an example.
1: Because uh-huh. I also have an example. Yeah, you do have to, you don't I, have to I,
0: mention yeah. names of people. But, but I, think, I think
1: people will, will like no, put it, flesh sir. it out. Uh, okay, so there's a time the church wanted to deal with um, the issue of relationships and sex and marriage. And they had, um, they had this campaign where they went to secular media stations oh, okay. and they had posters and banners that were quite... Not let me say quite unchristian in 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 Christian standards, yeah. What is unchristian? Like like I don't know. It was a bit (laughs) revealing, and and uh, the the taglines were a bit were a bit uh, suggestive. Suggestive, yeah. yeah? I remember. I know. Yeah. So when when that conversation happened, they kept on insisting that we are right you are right you're right for me the best thing to have done at that particular point is to withdraw the fight uh-huh. so they've come into the boxing ring and they think we're doing something wrong uh-huh. we know we were very honest in this attempt to reach out to culture uh-huh. but we've gotten here uh-huh. right so the idea is not to tarnish the name of christ so many people out there are immature they don't understand the things we do uh-huh. so at that point is like I'm saying, what does Christ gain out of this? And if if we are fixated on being right, even when we know we, we've we met uh, the criteria of being right within ourselves, uh, we may tend to give out the wrong image. Uh-huh. The other thing is, am I abating sin? Am I allowing sin to thrive? Uh-huh. And anything, I usually say anything that sort of legitimizes sin, just be very skeptical about it uh-huh. and, and take, like be curious enough to interrogate it to the point of seeing how if 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 actually if actually christ would have condoned it mm. condoned it yeah so you must ask yourselves is as as i'm doing this thing as we are perpetuating this culture is christ gaining is it doing more harm to the follower? so by the pastor sitting in front and and having this big seat does the majority of the congregation have offense in that and uh-huh. does the congregation gain more in christ when that thing is withdrawn uh-huh. and i think that humility is needed in the church hierarchy uh-huh. and i think many a times it has not been available uh-huh. and people then tend to to then have an issue with that yeah it's, it's a good point actually and you
0: said that make sure that that thing does not perpetrate because. Mm-hmm. There's something that I had a problem with, mm-hmm. and I also get your opinion on this, but this is, again, this is my personal, let me call it my own personal conviction, according to Romans 14. There's a particular church in the West that posts, um that at, that, at a particular time, I don't know if they do it now, mm-hmm. uh, but at a particular time, they were using secular music mm-hmm. in their posts to send out their message. And I say secular music, I mean like, DJ Khaled, Lil mm. Wayne, like that kind of music, understand mm. uh, of magic, all in the likes. Yeah. And so they'll put the instrumentals in mm. the background of their snippets. Mm. And this is that that was for the purpose of attracting, mm. of attracting those who are in the world mm. to listen. When they hear that music, they'll, they'll be able to be attracted to it and listen to that, mm. and listen to the teaching itself. Mm. That was a conviction. And across, and many, many times, I've seen them doing the same thing over mm. and over again, in, yeah. different, in different posts and the likes. When I looked at that, my own personal conviction was now my question is what does that do to your own congregation Mm. for those who are already in it who are Mm. already like in your in your flock and then like those who come across that like for me I had a time when I struggled with that kind of music. I struggled and I knew in my heart that I should not be listening to this kind of music. Mm. And when I got past it, there's still that temptation every once in a while. like, <laughs> 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 where, where like a Back to back, like So there are certain songs that trigger that. And so for me there's a time when I scare instrument of learning. That song just immediately begins to play in your head. Yeah. You understand. Yo. So for me, who's already in salvation in Christianity, what do I do about that? Do I now avoid do I now avoid your teachings? That's my question. Now that's a rhetorical question to the person who's posting that. You understand? Mm. Do I now avoid your teachings? Do I now avoid the snippets? How, mm. do, I, how do I navigate around it? Because you can focus so much mm. on reaching out mm. and forget that you have a people to disciple and that was my personal conviction about that yeah
1: yeah i think even that conversation has happened within our demographic um in kenya like secular artists using instrumentals from popular secular songs yeah. um, and then they're seeing that people like this music and we want to reach out to this particular set of people in an urban setting and bring them to salvation you can discern the honesty of this person. Um, you can hear someone talk and then something in your spirit tells you this person is in it for the money. He's in it for the people. Like he wants people by all means. So he's mm-hmm. doing everything that is that is possible to actually reach out to these people and using the word of God to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think discernment is cute. And these there's other people, you'll see the honesty of... They are, and this is what Galatians 6 says, but usually says, Galatians 6, 1 and 2, usually says regarding people who have backslidden, I mm-hmm. usually use it as a principle for people who have an idea of God, but they don't know enough to come into the church. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they may need some of these tools to be drawn in. Mm-hmm. The thing is, once they are drawn in, is there, is there a, a curriculum of sorts to sort of appraise them enough on what fundamentally Christianity is? Mm-hmm. So look at their summons. Um, You you may take an Instagram post and cast aspersions on this person, and yet summons is on Sunday, how you need to live a holy life Mm. and how you the tools you need to live a righteous life. So use the fruit to gauge the strategy Mm. more than anything else. And it's going to happen all over the place. There's times Christian um, gospel artists, um, they were saying, you're going to sing in clubs, because uh, we want to gain the flock there and it's evangelism. And I'm like, for some of us who've been in clubs and we've lived that life, we know how people dress in a club. We know what people do in a club, how they dance. So I'm curious to know how you're going to evangelize to somebody who's drunk. They won't remember you. And yourself the compromising situation you put yourself in in that environment. Yeah. So sometimes you, you sort of have to call out the double not the double standards but the two faced nature of it. You're like, I highly doubt you you're there to evangelize. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you not on the streets? Why is it particularly the people in the clubs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These these people on to, reach when you to. Go set up stage to street. Yeah, street and, uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and when you be go to street and then mm-hmm. uh, draw them in and then preach to them and mm-hmm. all these things. Why and are you taking the names of the people in the clubs mm. and following up on where where they are in their faith <laughs> yeah so some, sometimes you have to listen to these people speak like oh, this guy is just conveniently using scripture yeah. to fit his own and and people people really like being called out so it's it's should, it should not shock you when people resort to scripture to sort of validate their sin yeah um and in the, in such instances then i say don't compromise because ultimately like we are seeing you, you cannot then condones into the levels that it, it, it is legitimate in the eyes of the Christians. Yeah, yeah. So for that, I just say, look at the fruit of the leader yeah. and are they consistent in it? Yeah. And are there scandals coming from that particular ministry and what are people saying above and beyond that particular strategy they may have that i have a problem with as an individual but what are people saying about this ministry in a in a wholesome way yeah, yeah? are people being impacted are people uh, returning to christ yeah. and if they're doing that then it means the strategy is working yeah. so for you who knows that it's a trigger for you um I'd say just avoid it, yeah. cause at the, at the end of the day, Paul says, "Work out your own salvation with okay. fear and trembling." You cannot come and see you're the one who made me stumble. You're mm. the one who made me stumble. Yeah. So maturity calls that you just avoid it completely. Yeah. this this place. this uh, someone's I've listened to of people, popular people, and I'm like, I don't necessarily agree with that. And I know when I continue listening to you, I'll retrogress in my spiritual journey. So I'll just avoid it. Mm. But I won't go on Twitter and Facebook and then start analyzing and bashing this mm. because it's. Like maybe Christians who would resonate with that, yeah. and that matters to them, yeah. and that that is that is the God has ordained this person to be the lead of that particular set of people. Yeah. So the balance is always there with every other thing.
0: Hundred yeah. percent. I think that even as we conclude, mm. I think for me the the thing that I'll say is that realize that not necessarily every church is for you. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's okay. You'd have to go to every church. Yeah, you'd okay. have to be okay at every church. Mm. And at the same time, you'd have to condemn people's churches, mm. and their way of doing things. Mm. If they have, um, if they insist on sitting in a certain way, dressing in a certain way. So certain, Let them do their thing. As long as you've mentioned, mm. it's not going, bothering or harboring sin. Yeah. Or treating sin. Yeah. You call out sin for sin. Exactly. But so if you see something that is sinful, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. A, don't hesitate. That's and I
1: think intonation matters as well because I think many a times we are focused on like we've begun by saying by being right but there's a way you can say something or you can correct something and people actually feel nice about it yeah so and that wisdom of is it the right moment is it the right time is it there are they in the right headspace to receive this correction yeah and how is maintaining intonation like am i coming out as combative or Am I trying to redirect this person to yeah. so correct in love? And that that takes a lot of work. And don't be lazy. Lazy in the sense of, I don't want to do all that work. You guys are wrong. Just fix it. Um. When you do that, you tend to sort of corrode a lot of things. Yeah. So just take the do the actual work of talking to these people, understanding where they're coming from, and then with time, letting them gain perspective on where you're coming from and then ultimately if if these people are guided by the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. they'll make amends.
0: As the word of the Lord says do not engage in vain debates. Mm -hmm. There's no need for vain Mm debates no need for factions within Mm -hmm. the church Mm -hmm. over petty Mm -hmm. petty things Mm -hmm. such as how one person does their thing. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day Call out sin for sin, mm. But don't condemn a person because the church does things in a in a certain way. Agreed. That's the way. Mm. You don't have to go to every church. Mm. You don't have to do you don't have to engage in everything and that you have to speak about. Exactly. Everything. Not exactly. everything needs your attention. Exactly. Exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks I, for your voice and your insights. I appreciate being that's here. Yeah. Center. Yeah. Center. Yeah. Center. <laughs> that's my that's my take home. But thanks a lot once again. (laughs) don't me next week guys thanks for listening thank you so much for listening to this episode all the way to the very end i'm very grateful for your time if this touched you in any way please feel free to share it with a friend and if you would like to take it a step further and contribute to this channel you can look at the description that is in the bio to see different ways on how
1: you can do so see you next week god bless